Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Oh, Mr. Sheffield, the podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. I am Sean Pasquale, and I'm here with... Toria Sheffield. That's right. And we are back to discuss season five, episode five, The X-Niles, which is, of course, a play on The X-Files, a beloved show also from the 90s. Uh, this one was directed by Dorothy Lyman, and it was written by Jeffrey Hodes and Nost- Nostron, uh Dubai. Were these like no- the married couple? Nostarin, sorry, Nostarin Dubai. I apologize. Jeffrey this- B. Hodes and Nostarin Dubai. Yes, they were a married couple. Mm, um, yeah. And they worked on this show. She, I believe, has gone on to work on the TV show Dear White People mm-hmm. uh, on Netflix and Resident Alien. And she did Living her- Single, which I yep. loved. So this is the episode where Niles quits. And I, I kind of think that there's another episode where Niles quits from what I remember in the series, but <laughs> hey, I guess we'll get there. But this one starts off, we're in the kitchen and uh, Mr. Sheffield accuses Niles of eavesdropping on his phone call with his accountant um, and Niles denies it. But then there is paint on his face and then there's also paint on Fran's outfit because uh, the Basically, the terrace just got repainted, which proves that they both had been listening to this conversation. <laughs> and then, but Niles at first, he's like, do you know how much work it takes to uphold this household? I didn't have time to be skulking around snooping. And then Fran gets off the phone. And she goes, Niles, it's the spy shop. Your night vision goggles are in. <laughs> what a creep. And um, we then have this scene that I just thought was so cute because Niles and Mr. Sheffield leave sort of bickering and it's now just Cece and Fran. And by the way, Lauren Lane getting more noticeably pregnant, but they're just, they're just playing it as though she's on on a diet. I meant to to say like she, she, um, I didn't notice it. I think in the first two episodes when we discussed it, but in this episode, I was like, "Oh yeah, she's definitely pregnant." <laughs> yes, but they just keep having her be like, "This, I'm not losing any weight on this liquid diet." Yeah. Uh, and but in this scene's cute because so Fran's like kind of like eating uh, a cake and coffee, and Cece just sits down right next to her and picks up a fork and starts digging in with her, which is just kind of very like familiar, friendly thing to do. Which like yes, well, well, subtle shows the shift in their relationship over the years. Um, And while she's, you know, eating with Fran, she's like, you know, if I were Mrs. Sheffield, the first thing I would do is fire that lint trap butler. (laughs) And Fran's like, Mr. Sheffield wouldn't marry you. Like, you know, you want someone more exciting like me. And they sort of get in a little back and forth about this. And Fran's like, well, you know what? we should get an objective third party to, to really decide who would be better for Mr. Sheffield. You know, you know, someone like, like Dr. Joyce brothers and Cece's kind of like, well, that's absurd. And she's like, no, I met her once and she was on Hollywood squares. She knows a lot, uh, which is true because in the, it is true that Fran met her in the, she did um, meet her. Yeah. I had the same thought. I went, Oh yeah, she has met her. (laughs) Yes. In the, in the canon of the show, she did meet her and, the trivia for that episode was us talking all about Dr. Joyce Brothers on Hollywood Squares. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And this this also was a little – this was silly because 
Mr. Sheffield has never shown any interest in Cece, so this is kind of, it's kind of an absurd plot line. It's very silly, but I was okay because I was like, I just love seeing Fran and Cece subplot, so I'm willing to forgive the fact that this, like, really makes no sense in where we actually are in this show right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I also thought it was interesting because I I really genuinely was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to tie in Dr. Joyce Brothers to Niles quitting. And then was surprised when it has nothing to do with Dr. Joyce Brothers at all. That's a completely different plot line that happens independently of any of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Um, and we cut to the next scene and Fran's getting off the phone and she's literally already arranged this Joyce Brothers thing. She's like, Miss Babcock, I like I just got off the phone with her. Um, it turns out she she wants to come over and observe us both with Mr. Sheffield. And she says she is you know, very fascinated by our, very fascinated by this experiment. And then Cece's like, "Mm, she wants to pitch a musical to to Maxwell, doesn't she? And Fran's like, yeah, she wrote a score for a play called Nuts. Mm. (laughs) And, uh, and then she's like, Fran's like, oh no, sorry. Cece's like, okay, well, you know, don't tell Maxwell about this. Like he's going to think we're total morons. And, and uh, Fran's like, yeah, you're right. In fact, if he finds out, we'll tell him Val thought of it. <laughs> and then and then she walks out to kind of bump into Niles, who was eavesdropping at the door. And and he's just like, you know, you know, Miss Fine, how do you expect to explain Dr. Joyce Brothers' presence to Mr. Sheffield? You know, like basically how how is he not gonna know that this is happening? And she goes, Niles, the woman deals with the psychologically deranged. She could be here for me, Ma, Gracie. And she's like, and let me tell you, you're not far from the top of the list, mister. <laughs> it's a very funny, you know, uh, way to explain it. Um, and we then, you know, in this kind of like ambling all over the place episode. Yes, seriously. Uh huh. We cut to Fran and Val in Fran's room and Fran's applying for a new credit card. And we establish, well, well, she's applying for a new credit card because she wants to buy new clothes to quote, impress Dr. Joyce, thinking that like, if she looks classier, she might, you know, Dr. Joyce might be more inclined to be like, you're the better fit for Maxwell Sheffield. Um, And she ends up putting a higher salary than her actual one on the application form uh, because she says that the last time she applied for a credit card and put her real salary, they quote, sent her food stamps and a box of cheese. (laughs) Government Um, cheese. They sent me food stamps and a box of government cheese. (laughs) And and it's interesting just from like a, like a kind of inflation perspective because she puts down $50,000 and I looked it up in today's money that would be $93,700 so basically yeah. 94000 so yeah it would be, be a very good salary <laughs> uh, for a nanny yeah, I think I think it was this one or or maybe it was in the no yeah it was this one because uh, at the end of this one Elizabeth was like oh I don't get it though like what, were they really fighting over that much money and I and I, I had to do the whole the, the math we did on a previous episode and be like, well, actually, we looked this up, and yes, it turns out uh, $50,000 would be like almost $100,000 now. So, like, yeah. that's a lot of money to get paid to be a nanny. And I understand why, you know, Niles was rightfully upset because he's been mm-hmm. working for Mr. Sheffield presumably since his teenage since, years yeah. and childhood. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely taking care of a baby when he was a boy. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> so, so sad. And then uh, in the next scene, um, 
Niles comes into into Fran's room to vacuum. Right. And I just wrote, my mom would be all about Fran's decor. Like there's this floral comforter. It's like the, the bedrooms in my room growing up were like this. Um, and he, of course, starts snooping because he's Niles. And he happens to see the credit card application and the salary. And his eyes like widen. And he then bursts into Mr. Sheffield's office. And he's just like, I demand a raise. And Mr. Javiel is so fucking callous. He goes, Niles, I'm in the room. You might want to rehearse this somewhere else. <laughs> oh, he's so such cool. a dick in this scene. Oh my God. And then and then uh and then he goes, Normally my answer would be no. But when you say it like that, hell no. And he's like, How dare you barge in here like this? Uh, and can't you see I'm working? And Niles goes, Yes, I know how much effort goes into ordering an air-conditioned pith helmet from the sharper image. And Mr. Sheffield like like hides the sharper image catalog he was just ordering. <laughs> and, when, and when you Google pith helmets, like I didn't really know yeah, what, what that was. Yeah, what is a pith helmet? Google it. It is so funny. So imagine Mr. Sheffield in one of these. It, they are so dorky. You'll know it. They're kind of like an explorer's hat. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's so funny. <laughs> It'd be so funny. Um, Air conditioned. It's even. Oh yeah, they are. They're like um, they're like old timey like explorers hats. Yes, and a dweeby Englishman would like definitely wear it on a hot day. <laughs> yes. Um, and <laughs> then uh, Niles like demands it again, and then Mr. Sheffield goes. This whole scene, I I loved. I love their. He Mr. Sheffield's like, what exactly brought on this surge of greed? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because they write they write maxwell here like he's ebenezer scrooge like he's like how dare this is outrageous well but he does then have a pretty valid point in the next couple lines when you're like oh yeah but but just like their dynamic they they do fight like siblings even though it is an employer employer relationship because he's like what exactly brought on this surge of greed and niles is like oh i i was doing some reading and and i happen to know i'm underpaid and then this is when I was like, oh, you know what? Mr. Sheffield has a valid point because he's like, I happen to think you're quite well paid considering the fact that you drink my brandy, smoke my cigars, and give secret tours of the house claiming it belonged to Jackie Onassis. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, he, he does have a lot of job, job, job perks and does take advantage of his job a lot. <laughs> True. Um, True. I guess it depends how much he's paid, to be fair. Because, like, can he save money for retirement? If not, then he's underpaid. Right. That's right. As like, if well, he's he does- just, like, you know, taken back, like, because he knows he's not being paid a lot, you know? So he's like, I'll take whatever I can get out of this terrible job. That's true. That's get-in job. <laughs> well, I mean, but there's there's also been – I think, pro- like, well, there's – in previous episodes, he has, like, cried to Dr. Miller, the therapist, about how – He's like, Mr. Sheffield's so good to me, and yet I do all these horrible things. I know. Things. I know. <laughs> um, we then get this hilarious uh, lines of Niles' backstory where right. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield's like, you know, if it wasn't for me, you'd still be performing on the streets of London with a ukulele and Larry. And then he goes, at least Larry treated me like a human being. And he's like, he was a monkey. <laughs> So you're like, oh, did, did Niles go through a phase where he tried to be like a starving artist before going back and, into the folds and, of the chef? And his partner was a monkey named Larry, yeah. apparently. It's so yes. weird. Yes, I love that. I can totally see it. They're like, you know, maybe in like his late teens, early 20s, he tried and then like went back into the fold <laughs> of the Sheffield household. Uh, it's so good. And, so, and then so Mr. good. 
Yeah. And Max was like, well, if you hate it here so much, you should go. And he's like, well, I will. And by the way, someone called wanting to invest in your new show. And Mr. Show was like, well, who was it? And he goes, it was. And then he just slams the door and leaves. And, <laughs> and I, I think what's so funny is they bicker. It's it's actually not like siblings. It's like a married couple. It's like a married couple. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, Fran is like upset. She's like, my best friend, which I thought was really <laughs> cute. And also pretty hurtful if you're Val. <laughs> yes, uh, I thought the same thing. It's like, you guys are co-workers who are very friendly, but is he your best friend? What about Val? Yeah, she should have said he's one of my best friends. Yes, um, yes. And then Cece, in a very funny moment, learns that that Niles has quit or been fired and just get she they like they like stylistically like like darken the hallway she's in and then shine like a singular spotlight on her as like an angelic choir plays behind her and <laughs> as if she's like free finally and she, free and <laughs> she, she looks up at the heavens and goes thank you <laughs> yes yes um and then we get like kind of the crux of the second half of the episode which is maxwell is like fran you have to find a replace he goes as the lady of the house you must find a replacement (laughs) which i thought was really Mm -hmm. funny that he calls her the lady of the house (laughs) hey i i want to call myself the lady of the house you Um, are (laughs) yeah i mean i'm gonna start start calling elizabeth the lady of the house i'm sorry the lady of the home is not here kyle would probably call me the baby of the house because i don't do shit (laughs) (laughs) the whiny baby of the house uh but so that's mean you know (laughs) she's still the lady (laughs) hey she earns her keep i don't (laughs) then um later that week uh yeah fran's in the living room and sylvia arrives and she's like oh like ma what are you doing here and sylvia's like oh don't you remember like we're going out to lunch with your aunt frida who we've met several times before we love aunt frida who who's she played by again? Lainey Kazan. Um, Lainey, yes, Lainey Kazan. Kazan. Yeah. Yes, and it's very funny be- because um, uh, Sylvia obviously has like a tense, like frenemy relation with Aunt Frida because it's her sister in law, and so Sylvia's in this incredibly gaudy leopard print dress and huge <laughs> hair, and then uh, Aunt Frida arrives and she's in an incredibly gaudy tiger print dress, and they have almost <laughs> the exact same body. <laughs> And, you know, Aunt Frida sees Fran and it's like, Franny, and goes, mwah, mwah, like very warmly. And then she and she goes, Sylvia. And they're like, mwah, mwah. Like <laughs> it was very passive aggressive. And, <laughs> and the other thing that we know about Aunt Frida that we reiterate here is that, you know, she she's had seven husbands and she's a millionaire because, remember, she married Bert. I, I think that was his name uh, yep. most recently. Um, and I'm assuming he's dead now, even though he was not dead the last time we saw him. <laughs> but uh, but so she's now, you know, has hundreds of billions of dollars. And so Fran is like, you know, Frida, maybe you could hire my friend Niles, um, you know, since you have so much money now. Um, and, and Frida's like, oh, you know, I do have all this lardo china that needs dusting. And Sylvia's like, it's yad. It's pronounced yadro. And Frida goes, "You can pronounce it. I can afford it." Which <laughs> <laughs> is such a good line. I love that yep. line. Yeah, shots fired. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of set that up, right? And then Cece comes in, and she's like, "No need to worry, Nanny. Fine. Like I found a replacement butler." And she kind of gloats over about this to Fran because in her mind, it's like, "Oh, like 
I am really the lady of the house. I really found a replacement. Um, and so like this is going to definitely put me in Mr. Sheffield's good graces and like prove to him that I'm the much better partner for him. And and this just honestly leads to one of the funniest jokes of the episode because then yes. Fran, Fran, who initially didn't think she'd be able to go out to lunch with Frida and Sylvia because she needed to find a replacement for Niles, is like, oh, well, I guess I can go go with you after all. And Frida's like, mm, I'm in the mood for Mexican. And Sylvia's like, mm, but I want matzo balls. And then Fran goes, have you tried Casa de Hadassah? <laughs> and then she goes, they have they have great tequila sunrise. They have a great tequila sunrise sunset. <laughs> it was, was like, such a good joke. Yeah, I was literally like zing, zing, zing. <laughs> Me too. I wrote it down. I was like, ha, huh? Casa Hasada is very, very, very funny. Uh, uh and then the next day, we cut to Cece giving this new butler a tour of the home. And it, first of all, the butler's name is Trevor, which I thought was a very strange choice for an elder, for an old British man. Dude, but, it was such a strange choice that I was like, why? Why, why like, not like William or you yeah. know, or Jeeves or something? Yeah, you know? Donald. Like they yes. went with Trevor. Hey, bros, it's me, Trevor, your butler. <laughs> That's what it, it sounds like. It I know. It like Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it, it really did throw me. And again, like a very it, a very small change could have made us be like like literally not think anything. Yes. Um, but so, but he's super stuffy and he follows the rules and he has no sense of fun. He's just awful. And he like vocally disapproves of Fran's wardrobe. He's cold to the children. And at one point he even looks at them and he goes, why aren't your children in school? And uh, Gracie's like, Fran's taking us to see the 80 pound baby on Mari Povich. <laughs> and she's like, don't tell dad and tries to slip him some money. And then, or no, she goes, dad doesn't need to know. And then he goes, he goes, I cannot be bribed. And then Gracie just looks at Fran and goes, this one's going to be trouble. <laughs> so this this guy, I looked him up. Do you know who this guy is? The Ooh. butler? Okay. Do you remember the very famous scene from Ghostbusters where they go to the hotel and the hotel manager is like, there's a ghost upstairs. We must blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, that's the hotel manager is, this, is Trevor fascinating isn't that crazy like that's like the like he's i feel like he's such a that's such a recognizable scene from that movie and he's so recognizable as that that one little like side role wow Um, and then yeah and then he popped you know he like does like he pops up here and there and stuff he's still alive this guy i think good for him (laughs) he's 200 years old (laughs) god you're only as old as you feel (laughs) <laughs> uh, but so oh so we established that this butler he just sucks, he sucks. and he does yeah, not he fit in with the I, that's so funny my note i literally wrote wow new butler sucks <laughs> <laughs> ah, but so then we got to my favorite scene design of the whole series oh i wrote cut to frida's incredibly gaudy mansion and i, I go gaudy too i was like oh, oh my, my god <laughs> frida's <laughs> gaudy ass house <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, it's in all caps in my notes. It says wall to wall pink florals, wallpaper, little porcelain dogs. <laughs> and it's like grandma chic puked everywhere. Oh my God. It's so gross. This house. It's hilarious. Truly, you know truly what? like amazing production design right here. My mother would love this. This is what her house would look like. I'm not kidding you. If she had any, if she had a say. 
And <laughs> although Ofrida goes, it took forever to cover up those carved mahogany walls. Uh, <laughs> and she also is like, don't worry, I'm getting more furniture to fill the empty space. <laughs> and there's literally not a single inch of empty space, of empty in, space this- in this mansion. Like they show you a shot of the thing from the outside and it's like a bigger house than anyone needs to ever live in. And it's like covered. It's it's so good. This was such a funny reveal. Uh, <laughs> I kind, you know what? I kind of would like my house to be decorated like this, but it would be like kind of ironically, but I would still like it. But it would be like it would be grandma chic. I mean, right? It, it would, would be like, like a kitsch chic. Yes. Yeah. I I would definitely use elements of this, but in a slight, in like a knowing way. Yes. In a in a in a post-ironic hipster way. Maybe, but partly also I do find it comforting because I did grow up with some of this, some of this aesthetic, like not obviously not on the scale of this money, but like, you know, again, this is how my mom like tried to make our house look. (laughs) Um, Bananas. And then. So yeah, so go ahead. So we learn here, uh, like Fran walks into this house and Frida's like, so happy to see her. And Fran is like, come to get Niles back. Basically, yes, he's. She's basically like, I want Niles back. You know, you can get anyone to do what he does for you. But then, literally from the other room, we hear Niles call, "Frida, it's booty time!" And then he comes in wearing like nothing but a bathrobe, and we realize he's her boy toy to the point where she's even given him like a diamond pinky ring. And Fran's like, "Niles, you hussy, you even got a ring!" And he goes, "Mm "Hmm," and diamonds here. And then he points to his mouth and she goes and a dental plan (laughs) and then frida like heads into the other room because she's like i'm gonna go draw a bath and then we hear and then then as she leaves she goes don't be long my little dancer (laughs) 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 oh my god and and fran's like niles i can't believe you're running around the house in skimpy clothes throwing yourself at your boss it's sick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is very funny because that's obviously what she's been doing for four years. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, it's the only way I can make your salary. I saw your credit card application. And she's like, what? Niles, no. That was like how I tell Mr. Sheffield I'm 29. I'm seeking approval, <laughs> which I thought was very funny because she's literally yes. seeking a credit card approval, but also seeking society's approval as a woman. Correct. And she's like, she's like, I'm taking you home. and But, but like he refuses. He's like, no. It's too late. I he's like Frida's Frida's made her bed and I need to lie in it. Ugh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> he's basically a a, a, he's a, a gigolo. Young, he's a gigolo now. He's a gigolo uh, now. He was forced it's so it, it it's very funny to me and this shows just you know speaks to the purity of 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 uh, Elizabeth's heart but we ended these two episodes and I was like all right well I'm going to go do re- do record now I was like I don't know. It shouldn't be that long. Like usually when we, you know, when one episode's very silly, I have like less to say. And like that first episode was like pretty silly, but I really liked the second episode a lot. And Elizabeth just goes, I don't know. The second one made me feel weird. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> why? And she's like, because like, I didn't like how little money Fran and Niles were making. And then I didn't like that. Like Niles was forced to be a gigolo. <laughs> and I was like, like, Man, I didn't think of it that way, but good point. <laughs> like, 
he's so <laughs> broken that he's forced to turn to selling his body. That's true. But also, we have established on numerous uh, occasions, and Fran has even owned up to this. Most of Mr. Sheffield's employees do very little and leech him dry. Like, remember when she was like, you're not going to fire anyone. The entire concept of firing is foreign to you. Look at who you have working for you. <laughs> so like, Mr. Sheffield, while I do agree, like in general, like the wealth inequity is a horrible problem. I think in this specific situation, like Mr. Sheffield has Mr. been more than generous. <laughs> yeah, he is also an idiot boob. <laughs> <laughs> like they mostly just eat his food, hang out in his bath. <laughs> um, but then, um, oh, so we then, okay, we established that Niles is refusing to come back, partly out of pride, partly because he doesn't, he does not feel like he's getting paid enough. And then we come back to the mansion, and it is the day of Dr. Joyce Brothers' big visit. And Butler Trevor, which again does not work in any way. And now, segments. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? Uh, How did that even get in there? (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to keep this a tight 35. I Um, uploaded it before and I hit it on accident just now. (laughs) 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 I was going to surprise you later. You just keep cutting into my life. Oh, but okay. So okay. then Butler Trevor um, said, <laughs> this is how we know he's the worst. It's the day yes. of Dr. Joyce's visit and he goes to, he's, he's sitting next to Cece and he's like, I do hope he picks you. You're clearly the better choice. But then Fran descends the stairs dressed in a like Jackie O ensemble. And she gets down there and then, and then Sylvia descends the stairs and she's like, Ma, what are you doing up there? How'd you even get in? And she, Sylvia looks at the butler and goes, dear Weiss Engel wouldn't let me in. And that, by the way, is the name of Laurence Olivier's character in The Marathon Man. And that yeah. character is modeled after a famous or an infamous Nazi doctor. <laughs> and then... And then she goes, the boy had to help me up the trellis. And so so she climbed a trellis to get into the house. And then also the fact that she still refers to Brighton as the boy kills me. Kills me, um, yeah. So was the boy. And Brighton then hobbles in after he clearly had to lift Sylvia up. And so this is all happening. And Joyce Brothers, she just got there. But all this other stuff is sort of happening at the same time. So she hasn't really I really, to me. by the way, I, I really liked... I liked how they wrapped this episode up in one chaotic scene. I thought it was like really like a fun way to like handle all of these dangling threads. Cause like mm. as we got to the scene, I was like, man, it's crazy that like this show opened with like, we're going to have Dr. Joyce brothers. And then she doesn't show up to the end. And I'm like, there's like 50 plots. And then they wrap them all up in one scene. It was really great. Yes. yes. So, because so then she, Sylvia came down the stairs and Brighton hobbled in and Joyce Brothers is there, but she's sort of like trying to figure out what's going on. And then Niles comes running in and he goes, "Hide me, please!" And Fran's like, oh, "Niles, what's going on?" And he goes, "The jacuzzi I could take, even the full body massages, and I can suck on a big toe for hours." <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> "But I will not do windows." And then we hear Frida calling from behind, "Nilesy!" And then he goes, "Oh God, Sasquatch!" And everyone starts talking over each other. It's like a cacophony. Like everyone's like, and then Mr. Sheffield, who was like clearly working in his office comes in and he's just like, Trevor, 
what the hell is going on in my house? Because he's so used to asking Niles this type of question, right? And Niles is like always in the know. And then Trevor goes, I don't know, sir. I make it a point not to involve myself in other people's business. <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield goes, well, a lot of good that does me. You're fired. Niles, you're hired. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, do I get a raise? And he goes, no. And Niles goes, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the audience cheers. Yes. I wish he had gotten a raise. I really Me do too. wish he had Me too. And I do wish that this episode had used this as an opportunity to sort of show how Mr. Sheffield like misses Niles and relies yes. on him. Instead of the episode vindicating Mr. Sheffield at the end, it would have been nice if the episode had vindicated Niles. And I think that would have made the ickiness of all of the rest of it. Like if the episode had been more about Mr. Sheffield realizing like, oh, I had a great thing here and I really was like kind of like taking him for granted. And then like the new butler comes in and everything falls apart. I think it would have been more satisfying to see Mr. Sheffield being like, you know, you can have your job back and a raise and, Mr. and you know, and then Niles being like, I, I would love to, you know, like. I think yes, I told. Yes, I agree. It would have been way more satisfying and actually kind of heartwarming and yes. funny at the same time. Agreed. Um, so and they could have yeah. still had like all of the Mishigas with uh, Frida. Like they, that all still could have happened, and it would have still been funny to have Niles be desperate to come back and Mister Sheffield to be just as desperate to have him back, and 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 then still gotten the same conclusion. But in this version, you're just like. Maxwell just comes in and he's like, you're fired, you're rehired, you two get out of here. Like, <laughs> I mean, th this could have actually sort of like to play out the metaphor of them like being in an incredibly intertwined relationship, like a romance. This is the kind of thing where like, you know, an officer and a gentleman, like, like he, Mr. Sheffield should have showed up to get his butler back, right? Yes, and, Mr. and you yes. know, and Niles would have been like in a row being like, what are you doing here? And he'd be like, <laughs> I'm here to take you back. And he'd be like, no, like, you know, like almost like Niles feels trapped in Frida's yes. house. And, and he get, you know, it, it would have, again, could have been very funny and, and yeah. also very, you know, three-dimensional. But um, we do but get a really funny scene here regardless. And he yes. rehires Niles. And then Maxwell does sort of get his comeuppance because, <laughs> we still have to deal with Dr. Joyce Brothers, who is basically only here because Fran had promised that she would get her musical in front of Maxwell. And so she grabs him and pulls him aside and then very shamelessly not only pitches him the concept, but then starts singing some of the song from like the opening number. <laughs> yes. She's like, opens on a schizophrenic prostitute and then she's just like i just stabbed a man <laughs> and, and i was like you know go dr joyce like she really uh she really like uh gave it her all yeah she committed to the bit uh -huh. for the show. she was like oh i'm gonna be on the nanny i'm gonna give the hardest performance i've ever given yes uh and then so that's kind of yeah it's funny he now has to listen to dr joyce's horrible musical and then the button on this episode uh niles is uh, opens mr sheffield's office door thinking that the office is empty and he is leading a tour and he's like and this is where jackie o uh first met jack kennedy and then he doesn't realize that mr sheffield's just napping on the couch and he's just like niles and niles is like uh tour's over no refunds and pulls pushes <laughs> them out the door <laughs> uh, that I was the episode it. yeah that was the episode um 
And now I didn't mean to spoil it, but uh, thanks to the strong arming of the uh, corporate shrews at Zencaster, uh, we are forced into a, a, a premium service uh, of our podcasting uh, little online studio, but it gives us the ability now Instead of me having to splice in songs after the fact, I can now introduce the segments theme and then do this. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the I best. I kind of miss. I love. I think I like last season more. I, this is very oh, funny, man. but the last last season pumped me up. <laughs> it was like I would always be like dancing to it. <laughs> um, but okay, favorite lines and moments. Um, okay. I loved the line. I think you're paid quite well considering the fact that you drink my brandy, smoke my cigars, and give secret tours of the house claiming it belongs to Jackie Onassis. <laughs> Casa de Hadassah was genius. Genius. Oh, 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 like, like it was it was oh. bordering on uh, Starship Enterprise. Yes, yes. And every once in a while you go like, man could they have just done more of this with this show? And it would have been even better. I mean, cause I love this show, but like, God, I wish there was just more, I guess, Yiddish puns. I want to get a shirt that say, welcome to the starship Yenterprise with like Sylvia on it or something. Well, now I want two shirts, right? I want, I want welcome to the starship Yenterprise. And mm-hmm. then I want a t-shirt with like a fake looking Taco Bell kind of building on it. And it says, come <laughs> eat. I ate at Casada at, at Casa Hasada. <laughs> yeah. Ca- Casa de Hadassah. Yeah. Casa de Hadassah. Um, and then on the back, it says, try our tequila sunrise sunset. <laughs> uh, so good. And then, okay, this is not a favorite line. I just flagged it to discuss. When Fran realizes that Niles is basically a gigolo now, he goes, I'm shagadelic, baby. And I just wrote, do you think our younger viewers even have seen Austin Powers? Hmm. Cause, that's cause a good that question. Because think about it. Like if that's the Austin Powers one came out. Oh my gosh, it came out in '97. So yeah. how many? So that's I'm so bad at Mezzo. So that's 2007. To that, so that's 25 years ago. If if you're not like a big you know person who just watches tons of comedies that came out before you're born, you this is like ancient history. I like if you were born in, if you were born in the year 2000 like would you have seen a movie that came out 3 years before you were born unless you're like you no. know a huge movie person No you probably wouldn't especially because it's not like even by the time the third Austin Powers comes out if you if you weren't born by the time the third one came out right which at this point is still like 25 years ago uh, why would you see those movies? It's not like it stayed in the in the in the zeitgeist. It's not like people are constantly referencing Austin Powers anymore. By the time the third movie came out, people were over it. You know, so yeah, I that's know, a good point. I don't know. I guess that's our question for the week. How many people in our audience understood the Austin Powers reference in this episode and have seen or know about Austin and Powers? 
this is this is what we'll say if you if you weren't around and like sort of sentient during that time because this was pre-streaming and when there was only a handful of movies that actually came out a year and that you went to the movie theater to see them this this like a, a movie could have so much cultural influence like Austin Powers quotes they were on t-shirts bags like like truly everywhere like quoting yeah. this movie was happened for two years straight where people would go like like go like yeah baby yeah <laughs> like, so like, much so that then it just became part of like pop culture lexicon for a while to the point where even shows like this like three years later were still just like ah it's a funny punchline that everyone just well, no knows. this was this was the same year no. this was the same year 97 oh it was okay so they're playing directly off of like the initial explosion of people loving. Yes, I mean, Austin I think Powers. probably the the one of the most famous lines is, "Do I make you horny? Do I make you randy?" <laughs> <laughs> and then also shagadelic, and also yeah, baby, <laughs> just the way you said it. It all, like, it all sounds <laughs> insane out of context. <laughs> or, or I was thinking, throw me a freaking bone, Scott. <laughs> okay, just yeah, we we just. It's, it, I can't believe how old we are now. Uh, but okay, did you, what were your favorite lines and moments? Uh, I mean, we had a lot of the same ones because I, I think the best lines in this episode were the best lines. You know, like they they, yeah. they it was hard not to like all of the best lines here. Although um, I, I did, I loved Niles's like someone wants to back your new show, and then Maxwell going like, "Oh, who?" And I was going like, "You know, it was," and then walking out. That was that. Very very clever <laughs> yeah. last uh, last laugh. Uh huh. Um. um yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, yeah. We basically had all the same ones. I I liked all of the new, but I liked Trevor's delivery on everything too. I thought I thought his delivery was great on basically every line they gave him. And I guess to this guy's credit, I hated Trevor. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, I hate. I perfectly. He was perfect. Like. I disliked him. He played that role perfectly. Like he was just dislikable enough that it wasn't unbelievable that he would get hired, but it was believable that no one would like him other than Cece. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, for Yiddish, we got Tukus, which is your butt. We got Mispuka, which is family. We got Schmuck, which, and then uh, we had, uh, I think, Frida calling Fran Franala, which is beloved mm -hmm. little Fran. It was a nice mm -hmm. episode with Yiddish. Yes, it was. Um, it was uh, plump with Yiddish. Plump, turgid. With turgid with <laughs> Yiddish. <laughs> Throbbing. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. All right. So, okay. Then for Nanny Trivia, um, so we actually reached out to the, you know, fantastic Peter Mark Jacobson, who's been always so generous to us um, when we have questions about the show. And I, you know, we had just asked, uh, you know, for the Bobby Fleckman story, uh, I think it was last week, you know, like yeah. how, how did the process go for actually, you know, using a character that was owned in another property, uh, which was Spinal Tap. And it, it's actually exactly what you would expect. They, they just had to get approval from the studio, which produced Spinal mm -hmm. Tap, um, which makes total sense. But, you know, I had kind of been wondering, like, oh, did they, do you have to ask Christopher Guest first? Did he own it? And I guess, I guess the reality well, is you don't, you don't actually ask the person who really created it because nope. sadly they don't own it. The studio does. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think people often forget that, like, Hollywood is not a creator-owned, like, 
place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like creators get the credit, sure. And like studios typically don't take credit for things, but like you don't get like you don't own anything. Like uh, Hollywood owns all the, you know, the Warner Brothers owns every movie Warner Brothers puts out. It's not like they split ownership of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it makes sense to me that they had to go to uh, the production company or the studio or whoever owns the Christopher Guest's movie and be like, hey, we want to use this. I mean, and obviously like Fran is beloved at this point in time. She's got a hit TV show. So them saying no was probably not very likely. I'm sure they were like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I you think know. I actually, I can piggyback off this trivia. I, I can use the trivia that I was originally going to use last episode, but then when we pivoted to Chester trivia. Um, so interesting thing, Fran Drescher has appeared in two films that have been selected for the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Saturday Night Fever, 1977, and This is oh, Spinal yeah. Tap, 1984. Which wow. when you when you I think that is so cool because while obviously Fran Drescher is very famous and beloved, we I think people, myself included, like firmly think of her as like television star. So the fact that she kind of was then her legacy was a part of not one, but two like incredibly culturally and historically significant films is like yeah. what a cool bit of trivia, you know? Yeah, I mean I think, you know, look. The, the nanny was the biggest role that she had, certainly by like amount of screen time and then by just exposure level too, because of how big the show got. So I think people remember her for that because like that's what she was probably most known for. But it's super cool to think that like, yeah, and in the path to get there, she just, she got herself cast in and ended up in two like nationally treasured films yeah which is pretty amazing like the odds of that you know like obviously like really talented people like working with really talented people and she's obviously got an immense amount of of talent and you know even in the small roles uh you know picked great projects and stood out it's pretty cool yeah yeah because think about it like there's plenty of other very very famous sitcom stars that like don't have that kind of interesting like factoid, right? Like Jen- it's not like Jennifer Aniston appeared in like Boogie Nights and Silence of the Lambs, you know? Like um she was know, in, uh, she was in the Leprechaun movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> right. Leprechaun 2, I believe. Uh and then okay, so for No, no, uh, to be fair to Jennifer Aniston, it was the first Leprechaun movie. Was it? No, I think it yeah. was Leprechaun. Oh, no. okay, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're Hey, much as you were wrong last week, you're right. This, this week, week I'm right. I know. And I weirdly enough, we're recording them both in the same day. So I feel uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just neutralized. It just neutralized. Uh, I, I was feeling really bad. Uh, and then I got right. But that just makes me feel less bad. Not good. <laughs> um, and then for the Fran or the CC. Mm. And again, in a very literal way, I related to CC in that they're, they are playing that she is just on this tremendous eating kick right now <laughs> to explain her body changing. <laughs> and I have been spiraling this week. Let me tell you, I have been gobbling up whatever I could get my hands on. <laughs> sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes it happens, you know, sometimes you yo-yo one way and then you're just like, for whatever reason, I uh, will shove literally whatever's edible around me <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> it's so funny because that was what I, 
I basically was like, I mean, I guess this week I'm closest to CC because I'm on an actual diet, <laughs> like because I'm on the opposite swing of where you are now, which was like, yeah, I spent the last couple months just eating anything that I could put into my face, and uh, and and now I'm like, oh man, I like gained a bunch of weight back, and like I got it. You know, I've been working out consistently, so like it crept up on me a little bit slower than normal. Uh, but yeah, I, I just been eating garbage, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I, I think for me, sometimes it, um, it actually was an unfortunate irony in that I had it in my head last week, like you know, I'm going to be healthy, I'm going to exercise, and then something about knowing that I'm like not supposed to do X, Y, Z it actually flips a switch in my head where it's all I want. <laughs> so it backfired. And like, like literally I asked Kyle if we can make quote dessert popcorn the other night. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Like you sit here, I'll go make it. And then I followed him into the kitchen like a dog basically. And then he's like, you don't, you don't have to be in here. Like you, you can go sit. I'm like, no, no, I just, and he was like, you, you really like, you need to eat this popcorn the second it's done. Don't you? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It was so sick. You were like but, you okay. like you needed like you needed your fix. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was like you're kind of just like you're almost like hunting. Like you're like you're like you're like just oh frenetically moving around this kitchen. Like looking. <laughs> All right. Well, that's uh, too close of a that's too deep a look into our sad sad lives. <laughs> um, if you want to send your condolences to us, uh, please reach out on social media: uh, Twitter, Instagram, Oh Mister Chef Pod, Gmail, Oh Mister Sheffield Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, go to the websites where you listen to the podcasts and rate and review and leave five stars and share the show. Uh, that really helps people find us. And we're in the home stretch, final two seasons left. It, let's go out with a big bang. And uh, well, speaking of big bang, it's the end of uh, our, our recording for the week. So I'm going to smash myself on the head and fall back into a coma until we have to record <laughs> next week. Just make sure you wake up on time this time. Last time you, you, hit, you hit your so hard, you were out for an extra couple of days. That's, me have good no brain damage. <laughs> uh, all, right. all right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs> <laughs>